2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, that podcast about video games, nerd stuff, and friends catching up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me as always is my co-host with the co-most, Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we're back again for another week of Player 2, baby. Player 2, baby, baby. comma, baby. Yeah. Also, player two, comma, player three, because we have a guest this week, Derek. All right. That's right. All the way from TikTok and our first Canadian guest, might I add, we have the infamous, the affable, the wonderful, the mysterious, Aphidus. Thank you. Kind of honored to be the first Canadian. Got to be someone's first Canadian, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you're our first Canadian. We, we've had guests. Uh, when we have guests, Netherlands. England, Scotland, all over the U.S., and finally, mm-hmm. our first friend north of the border. How are things up there right now, considering it's wintertime? It's a mixture of everything, especially with last year. In one year alone, we were the hottest place in the world and the coldest place in the world in the exact same year. Wow. How about that kind of temperature whiplash? We can experience like a 30-degree temperature difference in a single day. In a single day? Oh, yeah. I've seen it go from like minus 30, minus 35 to zero in 24, 48 hours. The way the weather patterns have been going, I think it's going to happen more often. But what can we do? Yep, yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's get started and in introducing you to our audience and getting to know the channel that is Aethidus on TikTok. So how did you personally get started on TikTok? The girlfriend at the time, now fiance. She was a big fan of Vine and all that. She wanted the next Vine. And then when the rounds of Vine people moved to TikTok, or Vine was killed off, she went to that. She was always bugging me, get on it, get on I'm like, well, I don't want to have TikTok on my phone. I don't need another thing. But I'm like, my old phone still works. So I just downloaded the app just because I was bored. And I just kind of make whatever I want on it and interacted found some cool people to stitch and talk with about video games. And that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. That's kind of how we got started. My wife kept recommending that we do a TikTok for the podcast. And a lot of the people in our circle of friends on TikTok and the gaming community that we're all a part of, the ones that we've interviewed, more than one of them, I believe I was bored. (laughs) I just... (laughs) You know, I mean, some of it was pandemic related. Some of it was I literally got COVID. I was stuck in the house and then I started a TikTok. It started off as just a way to pass time. And then it became this community, this thing that, you know, just became a, a part of the daily. And it's really cool how it turned out like that. It sounds like it's followed a similar journey for you. I think that isn't that how a lot of things start, like a lot of podcasts or YouTube channels. It's like, I'm bored. I need to do something. <laughs> Let's try this. <laughs> and yeah. whether it sticks or not, but that's yeah like i said that's kind of what i did i'm like you know what just to curious sake just to see if i could find some like retro gamers or gamers in general and yeah i managed to find a small group not really a big retro guy but i mean i still got retro games i'm like anything video game i'm up to talk about anything it's a fun great hobby to talk about well speaking of talking about stuff on your channel and you know being or maybe not being a big retro person. Let's get the listeners familiar with what your channel is all about. Who is your channel for? What kinds of content do you like to create? 
gonna sound really stupid, but my channel is actually just for me. <laughs> I make basically whatever I just have the urge to make, or if I find something to stitch on to leave my two cents on is usually what I make. And otherwise, anything that I actually quote unquote make myself, like not going off of someone else, it's just like, oh, hey, this is a cool game that I played and I want to share it and think everyone else should check out. Or I buy a new game and it comes in the mail and be like, hey, look what I got in the mail. It's a limited print game or I hmm. spent a lot of money on this. I probably shouldn't have, but I did anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I don't think that's as dumb as you might think it is initially, because honestly, I mean, and I've said this a few times on this show, the way I make this podcast is I'm making a show that I would want to listen to. So I kind of make it for me too. And I think some of the best creators out there, when they're doing stuff, it's they're doing something authentically. They're like, this is what I'm into. And then that community naturally builds around that because they find other like-minded individuals that are also into the same thing. I, I dig some of the rare stuff that you show on your channel. And it's cool that you share the unboxing of some of your special editions and your limited run games. W what would be your favorite special edition or limited run game that you've bought pick a handful or a few special editions or limited runs that you think are neat that come to mind that you'd like to mention i'll take that one step further i'll do like per limited print company when i think of like limited run for collector's editions i always gravitate to the accounting plus collector's edition <laughs> i have that game i i have to make a video of that someday i've been meaning to but it's just kind of perked up on the shelf in the back there because it was one of those editions of like this moment they announced and what was coming in it i'm like i'm buying this and i'm not going to regret it because <laughs> i love the game so much mm -hmm. and i was just going to get the basic version but what it came with was are you guys familiar with accounting plus i have it but uh of course i haven't put it in <laughs> it is a nonsensical vr game that is rick and morty Who's the actual register, Rick and Morty? Oh, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland, yeah. They helped create this game. Oh, okay. 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 So that should tell you what you're in store. And one of the early characters you meet in the game was Tree Guy. It's a little white fluff that pops out of the tree and just non-relentlessly just starts swearing and yelling at you. Like, what are you doing? This is my, this is my tree. Get out of here. Get your own tree. Fuck you. <laughs> In the collector's edition, they actually have a stuffed one that says the same thing too. So that, oh, it's got like a voice box. Wow. That's rad. It's not like a press. You have to like smack it. Cause I thought it was like the button wasn't working. I had to email them like, oh no, you actually just smack the thing. I'm like, oh, okay. It's like impact activated. I get it. Okay. Yeah. That was the main reason why I bought it, because I wanted my own tree guy, because it was so hilarious. And he actually sticks out of the box, the way the box goes. I love it so much. Until my Doom Collector's Edition comes in, he's still going to be my favorite limited run Collector's Edition. Very cool. Yeah, I saw you unbox the uh, the Doom 64, much to some of the commenters' dismays. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm still trying to do the every thousand uh, followers. I'll just, all right, let's unseal another game just because I don't care about money. <laughs> right. Have you made a video like incentivizing people that every thousand followers you would do that? You should and you should pin it to the top if you haven't. I have. And I think it got buried in my videos. You should pin it. You should pin it to the top. I I'll think to, that yeah, would be. Yeah, I'll have to find yeah. it and pin it. 
I like that feature. We I haven't figured out any videos I want to pin to the top of our page. I th- I had thought about shooting like a an introduction so people just know what our page is about. Just never got around to it because I'm obviously that's something that we're going to want to do together and pandemic. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but that's that's awesome, man. All right, uh, what what are the other limited edition companies that you buy from that you have the favorite one for? Special Reserve Games. They don't have as many because they do very limited. The one I enjoyed the most, probably going to have to go with my Strafe for PC, the big box. The only complaint I have with it is it actually doesn't include a physical copy of the game, which was the biggest disappointment, but Mm. has beautiful artwork on the box and bought it because I thought it was awesome and it came with Pogs. (laughs) That's wild. The only other company other than just mainstream collector's editions... I believe it would be IndieBox where they printed PC physical games and special I editions. I got a few of those, yeah, yeah. Of course, when I found out about them and actually subscribed to them, that was when they canceled the Shut subscription down. box. Yeah, like, that sucked. <laughs> I mean, it was too good to be true. Like, the, the stuff that they were doing was getting better and better and more and more expensive. They started out on little thumb drives and they were making discs. And yeah, I, yeah. I get why. They couldn't continue to make money that way, but man, it was neat while it lasted. Oh, I know. I have two, four, six, eight, nine of them. Mm, I can't see them from here, but I probably have about 15. When I found out about it was when my one friend, he picked up the Stanley Parable. That's a good one. The moment I saw that, I'm like, I am going to fucking buy as much of these as I can. So my first purchase (laughs) was the Stanley Parable. And I'm glad I did because that is my favorite one out of all those bunches that oh, Indie cool. Box made. That's the one where they give you a tie, right? Yes. Okay. And they packaged it to look like Microsoft Windows old school. Yeah, like an old program from Windows yeah, 98. Yeah, Windows 98 old program. <laughs> I'm like, the box alone is just worth it because if you play the game, you know exactly what it's like and the the box and collector's edition on its own is its its own experience and i'm so glad that i managed to get a copy when there was still some but i bought that and hand of fate at the same time and then i picked up a few other ones here and there and like i said i'd subscribe to it then they shut down so i have the last one torchlight too they did a really cool version for gallic z i don't know if you got this i have that one too yeah, they put a little like uh, mech figurine, well, almost like it was a toy box. You can see it in the front with like a little window to view it. That, yeah, I love. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So, yeah, and in ooh. terms of just the mainstream collectors' editions, mm-hmm. honestly, the Batman Arkham Origins collectors' edition, just because I love the Joker statue for how yeah. big and amazing it was, and Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. Because mm. that was the one that came with the E.J. Blaskovich G.I. Joe, basically. Neat. Was it articulated like an, a G.I. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a legit, just a G.I. Joe that articulates yeah. and everything. That's really cool. And it's actually, I think, close to one of my biggest collector's editions, just because it's so tall and it doesn't fit on any shelf. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it was a clearance. I think I paid 20 bucks for it. <laughs> I, that's really nice. I think I my favorite special edition would probably have to be the PS3 release of Nino Kuni. You got a Mr. Drippy stuffy and you also got this is like my favorite thing out of I've gotten out of any special edition ever. 
you got a copy of the wizard's compendium, which in, in the game, you got a copy of this book and the pages would fill out as you progressed in the game. And it had all your spells, the alphabet of the ancient language, all your alchemy recipes, all the stories and tales that would help give you clues for solving side quests. And you had like a, obviously like an in-game PDF version of this you could thumb through, but they gave you a physical copy of the book. And it was just so cool and tactile to like use the physical book while I was playing the game and then thumb through the book instead of having to like thumb through pages in the game. I can't even describe the feeling. I still have that book. I think I actually did a TikTok on it, but uh, I wish that like there were more like physical artifacts from the games that actually helped you play the game. That is a really neat feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think Fallout 4 did something like that. If you got the Pip-Boy, you could get a program on your smartphone that would basically act like your in-game menu or whatever, mm-hmm. which is pretty rad. So, uh, Derek, since we're talking special editions, you're a collector too. The, yeah. any, any special edition in your mind that stands out? I really love the Tekken 7 special edition. It comes with that dope-ass statue of Kazuya doing a flying jump kick mm. and uh, Heihachi catching his foot. <laughs> and I guess there's like a rod that goes through Heihachi's hand and through Kazuya's foot to keep Kazuya like elevated. Because mm-hmm. I just always thought that that was just so fucking dope. It just looks so Oh, cool. yeah, that does it's look on my top cool. shelf. Yeah. You just looked at <laughs> That's probably my favorite uh, looking one. Secondly would be the uh, God of War on PS4. That's a nice one. That statue. Uh, the statue of Kratos and Atreus. Yeah. Because yeah. me, me, I'm just, I'm a statue guy at the end of the day. Like, I. You can have like the little patches and the books and everything, but the the statues are what do it for me. I used to try to do statues like that, but eventually I found the point. This stuff takes up a lot of space. It does. Yeah. And I have yeah. sold off a bunch of mine. <laughs> I yeah, like, oh, I, I sold off Dead Island Riptide Collector's Edition. Wait, mm. why did you even have that? That one's that one was weird. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the one with like basically the bust of a woman? And when I say the bust, I mean literally her bust. That was for the first Dead Island game, and that was a UK exclusive. Oh, but okay. If so I could have, I would have bought that just because it would have been <laughs> right. funny. <It's> so stupid. <laughs> well, so what's the one that you had? It was for the second game, Riptide. I think it was. Mm. It was just a suitcase with a couple little novelties in it. I've seen the video of you showing that off. Yeah, that one actually looked really cool. Yeah. The suitcase part was cool, but I'm like, I don't really, I had like no attachment to it. It mm. was just one of those things I just bought because I wanted it. Sure. So I'm like, ah, I do have to make some room. So I got rid of it. And then I got rid of my Assassin's Creed 3 collector's edition mm-hmm. i'm like yeah. i don't know why the, f- the hell i bought this so goodbye i'm keeping <laughs> yeah. my black flag one though because it's black flag that was like pirates a- are red <laughs> right <laughs> otherwise for statues that i have out i have the injustice gods among us i was clearance at walmart for like 10 or 15 bucks years and years ago nice. i have infamous two i got the cole mcgrath statue out mm-hmm and then my two favorite ones that I have out, Doom 2016, mm-hmm. the Reverend statue. Nice. And my Max Payne 3. It's funny, you're naming all these. They're all ones that I've had before. <laughs> and you end up getting rid of them too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I had the room, I would have Darksiders 2 out with the mask. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I got Marvel versus Capcom three over here in the box still because I can't figure out where to display them. I got you know the was it? Oh, you mean uh, you mean Infinite? Infinite. Sorry. Yeah, You're yeah right. Yeah. Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. So I got um, Mega Man, Iron Man, Chun Li, and Captain uh, was Marvel. It Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Plus the uh, the Easter egg power stones. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that I was thinking like that sounds familiar. Is that the the power yeah, stones that the looks ugly like power crap? Stones. Yeah, yes. that's... when you turn them on, they look good. No, they look, look neat, better. especially when they light up in the dark. They definitely look cooler than they do, like say on the videos shown off by people who got it. At the same time, though, come on now, yeah. <laughs> y'all could have done better with these stones. Mm. So. Yeah, I got a question though. If there was a collector's edition that you wanted but missed out, which one was it? Mm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Derek, you got anything that's jumping to mind? Any of the Tales games, the Tales of games, mm. like Tales of Berseria. Yeah, I heard they've had some pretty big collector editions. Yeah, they're pretty dope. Those are the ones I... And the Nino Cooney one. I yeah. was mad that I missed out that. That and Nier Automata. Ooh, Nier's a good one, yeah. Yeah, the Black Box edition. Ooh, um, I'm trying to think. Some of my favorite games, I don't think they really had special editions, like uh, Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy X. You know what? The Witcher 3. I would oh. really like to get a Witcher 3 Special Edition. Didn't know if I'd like the game or not, so I just got the regular version, and then it ended up being my favorite game ever. So like right. it unseated <laughs> my previous favorite game ever. I know I missed quite a few where it's like, I could have bought them, but I didn't. And then it's looking back, it's like, oh, I would have liked that. But then I'm thinking nowadays, where the hell would I have put it? You guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like the one at the top of my list that I regret, even though I not a fan of the game so per se but mm-hmm. i loved the statue that it came with elder scrolls skyrim oh yeah yeah, yeah, I've, had that, yeah. I've had that a few times <laughs> yeah i have a really i bought it directly from bethesda i have a really nice lithograph that i've had framed custom because it's like a subway style poster but man having that statue that would that would go well <laughs> that was one i thought about ordering but i'm like ah but i didn't really like oblivion so what, do I really want to do the Skyrim one? I'm like, nah, I passed. And now after I've seen people have it, I'm like, fuck, that looks amazing. I wish I bought it. <laughs> yeah, and you figure with the amount of times they've re-released that damn game, there'd be more special editions, you know? Right. <laughs> like the I'm 20th anniversary re-release. I'm like, surprised find that mold and remake it, please. <laughs> yeah, more Alduin, please. The only other collector's edition that I really wish I'd gotten was both of the Titanfall ones. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. But the only reason I didn't buy them was because I don't have an Xbox. So what was the point of me buying it? <laughs> uh, you know, you never mind. You never know. You might get an Xbox in the future. <laughs> I have an original Xbox. There you go. That That's one thing I, um, we never talked about it before, but I'm, I'm wondering why it hasn't happened yet. The original Xbox mini. <laughs> that needs to happen. All right. I think that would be cool. The only thing is, though, it's they'd have. Well, I guess the way Microsoft's buying up companies, they might be able to buy all the rights back. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it would be tougher because they didn't they didn't have as many third party, and a lot of the rights they did have, they had to relinquish. So yeah, because it would be Forza be and Halo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, as we've seen with from you know the Sega Genesis Classic and a few of the other classics, you don't necessarily have to be third party to make it on one of those systems. I was actually surprised what made it on the SNES and the Genesis and even the PlayStation, to be honest. So 
I mean, who knows? Who knows? The uh, PS2 classic, Dreamcast classic. I'll be buying those up for sure. So, I've only had two PlayStation one because I managed to find one for half price because I was not paying full price for one of those. No, not at all. No. And then I have the Commodore 64 Mini that I got for like nine bucks. Otherwise, I have not been able to get any of those other ones. If I didn't think that I would have been able to hack it, I probably wouldn't have gotten the PlayStation Classic, but I did hack it. So I ended up making it better because the offering that they had by default didn't wasn't worth it. No, that was why I waited to find one for like cheap. If I couldn't, then oh, well, no, no hard feelings. But I managed to find one for a decent price, and that's just been sitting on the shelf. You hacked it to make it better. That's kind of what my intentions Mm. were to do it. Yep, yep, yep. There's a particular system, AutoBleam, I think is the OS that was created in the most recent version. It's pretty user-friendly. So uh, for for folks that are interested, I mean, obviously there are tutorials online. It's not super hard. And I mean, there are programs you can use on your computer to rip your ISOs from your old PlayStation games so you can do it legally. Like, you know, I have to worry about getting in trouble with ROMs. If you don't want to, there are ways that you can put physical discs and and take those and put them onto the classic because the classic has got all the bios you need so you're good to go you're basically buying bios in my opinion mm-hmm. all right well um just to kind of wrap up we this interview got away from us because now we're geeking out about special editions <laughs> <laughs> but let, let me finish off by saying you know we're going to give everybody a chance to find out like where to look you up at the end of the show make sure that you get a chance to get your plugs in but last thing before we move on and have you join us for the rest of the show, I just wanted to know, and I've been asking a lot of TikTokers this, what advice do you have for other TikTokers that are starting out in the gaming space? Because your channel's pretty successful. You know, you got a lot of followers, you do pretty well, and there are probably people out there interested in, in learning from you and, and hearing what you've learned along the way. The best advice I could really give is just be yourself. Make whatever you want to make. Whatever you want to talk about, you talk about it. Don't chase algorithms because you just won't have fun. Yeah, that's good advice. I, I completely agree. You try to play that algorithm game. I mean, you might get somewhere, but at what cost? <laughs> yeah, like we've said at the beginning, we only got into it just because we were bored and we wanted something to do. Something happens, something happens. As long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, Aethodis, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We're actually really happy to have you on board and hang out with us on the episode today and have a chance to learn about you and your channel. So let's check in on what's been going on the last week. I haven't had anything personal go on, but I did mention last week that I'm really frustrated about this whole kind of is it Arceus or Arceus? Is it Pokemon Legends Arceus or is it Arceus? And it was driving me nuts. So I mentioned I was going to do an investigation and I did. So I was looking into it before the game was officially revealed. A lot of fans, including myself, were pronouncing it as Arceus. Pokemon Battle Revolution, Detective Pikachu, even an episode of House. They all pronounced it Arceus. So the house. Yeah, like the doctor made a Pokemon joke that nobody in the room got. And I'm like, that's my kind of nerd. And he mentioned Arceus, which I thought was funny. (laughs) Now, a promotional trailer for Arceus and the Jewel of Life pronounced it as Arceus, which I thought was interesting. And then the official pronunciation was revealed in a Pokemon.com mailbag as Arceus. And all the promotional trailers for the newest game also pronounce it Arceus. 
finally I realized, hey, I actually have a few old Pokédexes. I have like a black, white, two special edition guide. And I also have like a Pokédex from like 2015, I think that came out shortly after X and Y. So I looked it up and sure enough, they have the phonetic pronunciations mm-hmm. of all the Pokémon they list in the decks. And there, phonetically, it was pronounced Arceus, like a key. So officially, if the newest interpretations and trailers and the old Pokédexes are to be believed, it's pronounced Arceus. There you go. I'm still going to say Arceus. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Honestly, considering how many people have done it before, and especially through official Pokémon channels, I ain't mad at you if you want to still do Arceus. But they're wanting people to say Arceus. Like, that's the official canon. So just so you know. (laughs) All I have to say about that, tomato, tomato. (laughs) pretty much man pretty much as long as no one's just horribly butchering it i don't see why it makes much difference we all know what you're talking about i think for me i just got tired of saying it and then going okay so this week we're playing pokemon legends arceus 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 i wanted a definitive answer in my mind so from what i've seen this week in my heart now it's arceus i'm sticking with that you can take the information with what you will (laughs) go the chaotic route and mispronounce it every time make it yeah even if it's a completely different word that's what i do with pokemon i say pokemon that pisses people off they're like it's pokemon i'm like i don't i don't care yeah i say pokemon too no a lot a lot of a lot of people online are like it's pokemon pokemon Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's Pokey. I say it like that every time. (laughs) Pokemon. I mean, and for a while we were mispronouncing, we were purposely mispronouncing Game Pass. We were always like, it's Games Pass. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I know bothered people. Oh, man. Speaking of bothering people, the last couple of days on Twitter have been wild. I'm not going to say who the user is, even though I found out because there's a few outlets that kind of outed this kid. But you know, there was that whole controversy how they're like, oh, they're making Aloy uglier in the new mm-hmm. Horizon game, blah, 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 blah. Oh, she's gaining so much weight. Oh. Yeah, she's not wearing makeup. <laughs> well, um, on Twitter, somebody took issue with her box art and said, okay, can someone explain to me why Aloy has a beard? And they circled the side of her face because the PS5 is so detailed, they actually modeled uh, what's called vellus hair on her face. For those who don't know, the layman's term is like peach fuzz. You know, the fur that we all have and, you know, to varying degrees, depending on genetics. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, they were dragging this kid on Twitter. One person was like, tell me that you've never been within five feet of a woman without telling me that you've never been within five feet of a woman. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, it was so good. And I wanted to like give this kid the benefit of the doubt and go, well, maybe he was like purposely trying to rib other people who have been critiquing her. Like maybe it was on purpose that he did this. And unfortunately, no, he was actually quite serious. There's a there's a history of critique. That's unfortunate. It's it's a Ben Shapiro level own. Like when Ben Shapiro admitted that his wife doesn't get excited um it's rough it is rough yeah, i forgot about that <laughs> yeah yeah you remember there's some whores in this house <laughs> that's still my all-time favorite video of him oh my god oh it's so me. good i don't know why he didn't think somebody wouldn't put that shit to music oh my god right. i i marquise did like the best one in my opinion but uh, i think that was so popular that week that we named our podcast episode there's some horse in this house if i recall <laughs> 
Yeah, because we were we were loving it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's been my week. But uh, let's catch up on what video games we've been playing this week. Aethodis, you're our guest. Let me know. Let the let the people out there know what games have you been getting into lately. Darksiders, War Mastered, whatever the hell they called War the remaster. Yeah. <laughs> I just say any company that does that, trying to make a fancy version of the word remaster. Please stop. You make you don't, horrible You don't words. like Red oh. Faction Remastered? Remastered. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that one's horrible, too. You don't like Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition? Definitive Edition? You don't like that? No. <laughs> I love but, those. <laughs> so is this your first time playing the first? This is the second time, Dark actually. Siders? Okay, okay. Right. I played the original back on PS3. God, this had to have been a while ago. Actually, oh, at least a decade. Yeah, God. Oh my God. Yeah. I was in college. So coming back to it, coming back to the remastered, we won't use the, I, the word that offends you, <laughs> but coming back to it, I mean, how was it? I'm not done it yet. I've uh, just about, I'm going to say I'm three quarters of the way through it again. I haven't played it in the last week. I kind of been preoccupied with other things, but it's still fun and enjoyable, especially I think the last time I played it was, well, it says here 2013 was when I platinumed it, but that was, I think, when I replayed it because I mm. originally first played it mm-hmm. in 2011 Okay. on an old account that doesn't exist anymore. And I'm like, you know what? It's been a long time. Let's replay it again. I still love it. It's still, it's not like the best game ever made, yeah. but it's still just really well-made, fun, and enjoyable game. It's a solid adventure game, yeah. Right? One of the greatest cliffhangers of all time for a video game it's too bad they kind of dropped the ball on it for mm. at least three i like yeah. two but when he's just like you would wage this war alone he's like no not <laughs> alone and then you see three the three horsemen coming down from the sky and it's like oh no don't leave me there and then it's right. like forever to get the next two mm-hmm. i never finished two i was playing that originally on ps3 because i got the old collector's edition because I was pumped for it. And I think I got about maybe just about halfway through. And then I just stopped for whatever reason and haven't touched it since 2012. Well, you think it's because they just kind of opened it up too much? Because not that it's a beef, but the main change I heard in two was you have a larger open area towards mm-hmm. maybe like the first 30% of the game and on where they filled it with a lot of side quests and there's a lot of meandering. They, they try to make it more open-ended maybe, I guess. They made it more RPG related. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More different weapons and then your damage goes up and you see the So there's, it's like loot based. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like Darksiders one people compared it to, it's a Zelda quest. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's an old school Zelda. You go get your upgrades to progress to the next areas and you can go back and, collect your collectibles you couldn't get to before to be more powerful darksiders 2 they went more rpg focused which i actually really enjoyed i was having fun i honestly don't remember why i quit i just took a break and i just never went back to it which i have a long history of doing with every video game so it's not just darksiders 2's (laughs) fault fair and then the plan was i beat darksiders remastered and then go put in the remaster of two and actually try and finish it that time I debated about three but i'm like do i really want to play a souls like i had one mm. buddy in the discord he's like if you play it on hard you're gonna have a bad time i'm like oh it's one of those games okay well, at least it has difficulty modes yeah, yeah. 
Three wasn't terribly difficult, but it wasn't that good of a game either. Yeah, mm. I'd still want to play it through anyway. So it's like I might as well just play through the series. Yeah, and then Genesis, which I'm also interested in, but it, I think it's one of those games you got to have another person to play with. We literally, man, I was listening to some of our old episodes. We literally said the same thing. I played it, I think, for the first time on the Switch, and I was talking to Derek about it on the show, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I want to come back to it, but I feel like, and I, I think he finished my sentence, he was like, it's one of those games you got to play with somebody else. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. I think it's built so much around co-op that you feel like you're leaving something on the table or you're missing something when you're playing it as a single player, unfortunately. Which is kind of counterproductive for me because I'm the guy that will play co-op games by myself just because I'm a stubborn <laughs> SOB for that. Yeah, Derek is too. <laughs> play with four friends? Nah, I'll play it by myself. Bye. Only reason I did it takes two with the partners because I absolutely had Cause, to. Yeah, because you oh, yeah. have to. <laughs> you had to. What else you been getting into besides uh, Darksiders? I sunk back into the hole of Payday 2 on PC. I don't know why, mm. but I started playing it again. I'm not proud to say I have 1,300 hours in it and counting. Mm. Hey, if you like the game, you like the game. I've never played it, but I heard it's pretty good. I mean, I feel like that's more multiplayer focused too, though, isn't it? Is it is it good as a yep. single player game? or You can play it single player, but it's mostly a four player co-op game. Mm-hmm. So you just, do you have like people you play with or do you play with Randy's? Like, how do you get on with it? I alternate. Sometimes I'll play with Randy's just starting out, so then I'd I can just goof around and not have to actually be serious and try hard. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm playing with friends, we're just kind of just do whatever. You know, it's one of your guilty pleasure games. I got two. Payday 2 and Diablo 3. Mm. What makes them guilty? I've already beat everything, but I still come back and play it. <laughs> so it's just the fact that like you, you just can't let it go. I gotcha. Okay, fair enough. At least with Payday 2, they do release new stuff. But it's just like, why do I keep coming back? I don't need to. I'm just doing the same things I always do. There's no point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skyrim's like that for me. I stand for Skyrim, and I've done everything there is to do multiple times, and I just can't. I can't not have a good time when I play it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I totally get it. Yep. Otherwise, the only other game that I've been somewhat playing is Power Slave Exhumed that came out on Steam. February 10th. Okay, so fairly recent. Explain, I've never heard of this game. (laughs) Power Slave is an old retro FPS game from back in the 90s. Mm. There's apparently two different versions of it. Oh, three. There was the PC Power Slave, and there was the PlayStation 1 and Sega Saturn version of Power Slave. Hmm. And the Steam version of Power Slave Exhumed is the combination of both the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation 1 version running on a little more of a better engine so it works better. I've never played it back in the day, so I'm Mm -hmm. coming at this as someone, like a new player. But from reviews I've seen of people that have played the originals to hell and back, it's a pretty good port. Okay. What got you interested in it then if you haven't played it in its hay? It's a retro FPS. Just, <laughs> I just need me some. Uh, did you get a chance to get on with uh, the recent re-release of Quake? Yep, I believe I got it for free because I own the original on Steam. Because that was the Unity remake. Yeah, that's so nice of them. Right. And apparently, it's had an update with three add-ons. So one of these days, I need to go back and play it again. 
Yeah, it's a good time to be a fan of classic FPS. Serious Sam, Quake, apparently this Power Slave game. Like people are eating a little bit. That's that's great. It's great to hear. Oh, there is a gigantic ocean of retro FPS games in the works coming out. Wow. What kind of circle are you hearing about these games in? Because this is like not my wheelhouse. So, I mean, it's just coming across your desk or like within your circle of friends or like, is there, are there particular outlets reporting on these? I don't see this kind of stuff at Gotaku. So. <laughs> I just keep looking through Steam or I follow a bunch of, are you familiar with New Blood Interactive? As a developer? Mm. No. No. They are the guys that made and published Dusk, A Medieval, Ultra Kill. Okay, okay. Them and 3D Realms get together every year and have the... Um, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. I feel horrible. Realms Deep. That's what they call it. Realms Deep. Is, nice. They get a bunch of developers that are making not necessarily retro FPS games, but retro-inspired games, and showcase them all in one place. That's kind of where I find mine if I don't find them through Steam, just going through the new or upcoming releases. Uh Realms Deep of 2021, there were some pretty good ones that came up that I'm like, oh, I can't wait for those to actually come out sometime this year. The biggest one that I'm waiting for right now is called Cultic. It's a Mm. spiritual Mm. successor to Blood. Mm. Okay. And I got to play the demo of it, and it was fantastic. I loved it. It's so dark and gritty, gruesome. Mm. But anyways, so I've been playing Power Slave Exhumed. Really retro. I really can't say too much because I'm not very far in it. I've only played about an hour of it. And I'm actually, I'm liking it so far. Because I have to like think, okay, this is an old PS1 retro PC era. This was around the same area of when Duke Nukem 3D was out. So there's like mm-hmm. 3D environments. You can blow up holes in the walls and get power-ups that like you do. And yeah. yeah. Alternate routes. And from my understanding, Power Slave was the first FPS game to have like hub worlds where you can go back to levels and you can do them in different orders or not different okay. orders, but you can, there's different paths that you can take. And it's not like the traditional FPS where you go from level one, you beat it to level two. This one, you revisit levels. This is, I guess, before like Hexen did that. And I guess it has a pretty big cult following because people were like really hyped for it. And I'm like, you know what? I got to give it a try. It came out. It's like, 20 bucks i'm like oh okay i'll wait for a sale <laughs> a random friendo on steam just bought it for me and i'm like oh my god you're amazing dude i had to buy him a couple games to pay him back for it but <laughs> that's very cool well i'm glad you're getting on with it it actually sounds like it, it would uh scratch a particular itch and i'm i'm thank you for linking that to me i'm definitely going to check it out also if you could link realms deep because while, again, not my wheelhouse with the old first-person shooters, retro games in general, I'm kind of interested if there's another outlet looking to showcase, highlight, preserve, bring them back, so to speak. So that's something we might want to follow. I'm just trying to... I think I don't think the website exists anymore because it's been done. I'm just seeing if there was like a... Oh, is it like a con where they only like kind of kick yeah. up at certain times in the year? Okay. But oh, no okay. here's here's a list. It's at least shows off everything that they showed off and... There was a lot this year. Like, I only covered 10, and it was more than enough. Cool. 
Yeah, that's something we'll have to get in the rotation. I'm glad you told us about that. I haven't heard of it before, so I'm really keen on checking it out. Mm-hmm. All right. And Derek, this week, what game are you playing, singular? <laughs> More of that Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> He's hooked. He's hooked yes. on that Arceus, y'all. Oh, my God. I've finished. I don't know if I finished it last week, but I've, I've finished the main quest line. And now I'm just cleaning up the Pokédex some more, and I think I'm at 220 completed entries. Okay, so you're really close. I think the Pokédex like 242, 240 or something like that. Yeah. yeah, something like that. But a lot of the Pokémon that I don't have are ones that you can only find in the space distortion areas, and I'm not yeah. getting them anymore after I beat the game. So I'm gonna have you trade some Pokémon with me. Those space time <laughs> things should still be opening up, though. I feel like, or maybe they're I not. I literally have not seen one since. That's wild. Not one. I never thought about the fact that once you roll credits, uh, you would essentially. I, we need to look into that because I feel like there's got to be another way to get those Pokemon. Because you're right, there are certain Pokemon that just don't show up unless it's yeah. in a space time rift. Because I, I rolled credits on this week too. So yeah, I read that if you like stay in an area for every five minutes, the game will check to see uh, if it wants to spawn one or whatever the chances go up the longer you're in an area but the problem is i keep jumping from area to area because i'm like okay i just finished the pokedex entry on this one okay this pokemon is in the cobalt highlands i gotta well, go why don't, you, just, all why don't you do searches by area rather than by decks or by like in the well i do decks. i i do but like i'm at that point now yeah. where i literally have like no pokemon to go find i have that's to. funny like trade. <laughs> I met somebody like that online. There was somebody who was reaching out on one of the Nintendo boards that I follow. And he was like, I just need a shield on guys. I yeah. Just... I need a shield on too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, well, I gave my last one to him. Cause I was like, no! I'll get another one. I'll get another one. Cause I, I can find him in the space time rift. Right. And he said that he's just been hanging out in the same area and watching Netflix and just waiting to hear the sound. And I'm like, that sounds rough. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they do show up less or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's so tough. I need a shield on. I need a magnemite. Yeah, I need. I need a few. I need at least I got 20, you. twenty more. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Plus, you can go into those groups too, and I'm sure there's others that will be willing to trade. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'll trade you my thunderous. I just need. <laughs> I'll trade you some legendary. I'll give you a legendary. Damn. I don't give a damn. I just want this deck, yeah, y'all. That's yeah, funny. I'm trying to, yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Yeah, no, I've 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 played a lot this week too, and I like I said, I rolled credits on it. I really enjoyed it. I've been doing some post game end game stuff. It was a really good time. I'll probably end up sticking it out with the game, and not only finishing the decks, but trying to like get perfects on the entries, mm-hmm. and maybe even try to get all the shinies because this is like one of the easiest games to get shinies in a while. Like there have been other games that gave you hacks and things, but not like this. Yeah, I I only have like four shinies. You told me you have like what, fourteen or some shit. Yeah, like <laughs> and I go to all the outbreaks <laughs> and <laughs> waste all types of ultra balls. And yeah. they're like, all the Pokemon have left this area. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> well, I heard that. I don't know if this is going to help you or not. If you're shiny hunting, that if you go to leave the village and they go, hey, there's an outbreak. And of course, you can see which Pokemon are doing an outbreak in which area. If you exit out the menu and save before you leave the village, it doesn't lock in whether a shiny is going to show up or not until you're in the new area. Oh. So you can go in the area 
run around and scare the Pokemon away or battle them, whatever you need to do. And if no shinies show up, you can reload your save from inside the village and then go out again to okay. roll your chances, basically. Okay, that's too much. I don't want to do all that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Show but up, if, 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 you, if, you were, if you were so inclined, like, that is one way you can do it. So, Also, if you finish your decks, I hear you get a charm that will increase the rate of shinies as well. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I, uh, I never thought I would be spending 60 plus hours in a Pokemon game ever again. Or ever. I don't think I've spent that much in a Pokemon game ever. But I'm currently at like 60 hours. Yeah, it's been a while since I spent a long time in a Pokemon game and wasn't just like completely drained and annoyed by the end. And not since the original Gen 4 have I felt compelled to finish the Pokedex. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty interesting to me it, it really deserves all the praise it's getting that game now speaking of a game that may or may not deserve praise cyberpunk we we talked about the rumors about box art showing up in the psn and then there was some xbox stuff well the next gen version of cyberpunk 2077 for ps5 and xbox series x and s dropped this week Ooh. and what's cool about xbox is they're giving you a free trial of five hours of gameplay, which I did that trial this week on my Xbox Series X. And it sucks because I got a really funny video. I was like, I'm going to TikTok this. This is so funny. There was a guy in a shootout that was playing peekaboo with me. It was really funny. <laughs> like he kept peeking out and then ducking back and then peeking out and then ducking back. And he just kept doing it rhythmically. And then like <laughs> finally... He popped out and at the end I was like peekaboo and hit with a shotgun and I was like, yay. And I went to hit the share button and then the screen went black and I'm like, oh, is, you know, is this a glitch? Because, you know, on the, the original PS4 version, I think every hour and a half or so it would just tank. And I was like, is oh, this, wow. you know, and then, and then it was just like, you're done playing. Your trial is over. I was like, y'all couldn't even warn me. Let right. me save the game. What the hell? Like, <laughs> it, it, They just cut you off. So. You got to keep track of your time. Like every time I booted it up from quick resume or went back out of the menu and back into the game, it would say you have less than five hours left. You have less than four <laughs> hours left. You have less than 75 minutes. But then when it actually happens, they don't warn you. They don't give you like a, a 60 second or a five minute warning. They just cut you off. So be warned. Wow, that said, I was looking for glitches and this is interesting. I only noticed one glitch when I was playing on Xbox Series X, and it's very early on in the game. You meet up with Jackie and you go to drive to your Ripper dock and they make you park in a particular spot. And when I got out of the car, I looked over. Jackie stood up inside the car like he was <laughs> clipping through the car onto the ground and then walked through the car like it wasn't there to the other side. Nice. I was like, huh interesting but other than that i didn't have any glitches and I, I didn't go super deep into the game i was just dicking around for five hours i was death noting is what tim rogers calls it it's where you're like from a block away you see bad guys and you just use net runner attacks and they just drop without ever mm -hmm. you know engaging in battle which i just think is funny but yeah that was it for that and then i started the ps5 version today and this is kind of cool the ps4 version that i have you have an installation disc and then a play disc. And I had already deleted cyberpunk from my PlayStation five, like after I beat it originally. So I didn't uh, have it downloaded and I was like, Oh, am I going to download it and then get it upgraded? I just popped in the play disc and I went to the upgrade screen and it just downloaded the PS five version to my PS five. I didn't have to actually download the full original PS four version, which was nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was nice. nice. 
Yeah, it was like about 56 gigs on both systems, give or take. I, I don't know if it was exactly the same size, but it was around that size. I think it might have been like 60 something maybe on. A, what's interesting, though, the size of Cyberpunk on the PS4, like if you were to get it on a PS4, is higher than the PS5, which I mm. thought was interesting by like 10 gigs or so, something silly. I was like, that is weird. Uh, so I, and that was notable. And then when I was playing the PS5 version, there was a glitch where in the first mission where you go to rescue that lady who got kidnapped for her organs or whatever, when the area goes hostile and it warns you in the mini map that the area is hostile, that warning just stayed up after we left, we drove home. I woke up the next day. It was just on my screen for a while. Then breakfast. Yeah. Like this is a hostile ass <laughs> breakfast y'all. <laughs> uh, but eventually it went away. And then what I thought was interesting, I was like, I was, I wonder if I could recreate the glitch I had on the Xbox series X. So I went to the Ripper doc, you know, as I was instructed and sure enough, Jackie stands up in the middle of the car and walks right <laughs> through it. I was like, what? No way. So you missed. get, you get your glitches on all the systems. Don't even worry about it. Overall, the PS five was a bit more glitchy. It wasn't near as bad or noticeable as obviously my original time playing, but there would just be little things like that every once in a while. But the PS5 version also looked better and had more robust HDR settings, which was odd. I don't know why the Series X didn't. Maybe mm. something to do with my trial edition. I don't know. It was weird. Mm. Loading wasn't terribly bad. Loading a save took, you know, any between 10 and 14 seconds, which isn't too bad. The game, you know, looks good. I played both versions in performance mode, so I didn't really get the effect of all the ray tracing and everything. But the game is a good looking game. And while it's not near what they promised in the E3 showings and those like guided demos and this and that and the other, I think that's that was part of my disappointment was all these gameplay features that they said were going to be in the game that weren't. They basically watchdogs us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But the game that is there is solid. It is fun. Way too many trinkets to pick up. You know what I mean? That's I, I kind of hate that because I can't not pick junk up. Yeah. If you're one of those people, you got to try to get into a, a headspace where you're not picking up everything that you see on the ground, but the stories are still interesting. And some of the most varied NPCs I've ever seen in an open world game, you know what I mean? And yeah. they, they added kids in. I don't think they had kids oh, in the original version. Babies. Yeah. There's, there's kids walking around. Maybe there were kids walking around in the older version. The only time I remember seeing children, and I thought this was so weird. There is a side mission where this guy will just come running out of this building at, without his pants. And he's like grabbing his dick and he's like, ah, it's on fire. Ah, <laughs> and he like makes you drive him to the nearest ripper dock. Cause apparently he had some kind of penis augmentation that was ripping his penis apart. Ah! <laughs> and he's like, my dick, it's on fire. I think it's called crotch of fire or something. And he's screaming and everything in the world is stopping you from getting to this ripper dock. Like trucks are getting in your way purposefully. And at one point there's a school crossing and a bunch of kids have to cross the road and you have to like oh. slam on your brakes. Only time in the original game that I saw kids and they took those kids they modeled, I guess, and put them throughout the city. So cool. Okay. I'm going to have to play it now just for that. <laughs> I think the new update, they heavily re-optimized the whole civilians because the few videos that I've seen, they've like extensively watched civilians and how they react. And you can actually get crowds of civilians running in directions and stuff. So it's like they definitely improved the civilians in that game. 
I wasn't specifically paying attention to it, but I can attest that that was the overall vibe. So what you're saying right now, Aethidus, that tracks. It just felt more lived in and it felt like the civilians were less wonky because I would see them doing a lot of weird and wacky shit in the original one. The AI was a little off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, again, I haven't had a chance to play a ton. I played five hours of the Series X version. I probably played another five in PS5 today, just trying to get like an even kind of comparison. Obviously, PS5 is my version. It's the one I own. So that's the one I'm going to continue to play. And while it seems like it's slightly glitchier, not by much, it also does seem to be better graphically, at least in my opinion, just from my naked eye. Again, there's comparison videos out there that can probably show you what is the superior version if there is one. But honestly, the the difference is probably not so noticeable that one is clearly superior. If you have one system or the other, or if you have the PC to run it, you're probably fine. If you have the PC to run it, you're probably not worried about all this because <laughs> you've been fine for a while after like, you know, so many patches. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that is what I've been playing this week. Ooh. I think it might be about time to get over to a gaming news. Gaming news. We got gaming news this week. Few things, few things. Something I saw today, which made me laugh out loud. I think I would have done a spit take if I was drinking. CNBC released an <laughs> article. It was recently discovered that Bobby Kotick, our favorite CEO that we know and hate from Activision Blizzard, the literal mm-hmm. devil. He actually started a second company specifically so he could donate more money to the American Republican Party. Oh, yeah. (sighs) (laughs) I mean. What's the name of the company? Norgate LLC. Norgate. Yep. He contributed $500,000 through two separate checks to the Senate Leadership Fund during the 2020 election cycle. That political action committee is run by allies of Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. They uh, they use that fund to support uh, members of the Republican Party running for Senate. So, yeah, cool. uh, Not a big mystery <laughs> why rich scumbags like the Republican Party. We don't really need to get into it. But I just thought, man, if he just wasn't enough of a bastard... Not that it's hard to circumvent our government. It's just in shambles right now. I mean, it's so corrupt. But the fact that you can just start another company and donate money. And do you think that he's going to even get a slap on the wrist for this? No. Oh, God. No one cares. Mm-hmm. No. He's got enough money. He could just go away now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish he would. I wish he would go away. God forbid Microsoft's going to give him a freaking double gold and diamond parachute. He can go away and never be heard from again. And he'd still be fine. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm glad for the company as a whole, its IPs and its ground level employees that they're being absorbed by Microsoft. But it does give an undeserved happy ending to him and the rest of the board at Activision Blizzard. And I hate that. I hate it. It's not the ending that I want for them. But I mean, again, that's honestly, unfortunately, the best that we can hope for is just to get him out of the picture and then, you know, clean things up over there. So we'll be watching that whole thing closely, as we have talked about before, with the whole acquisition moving on to happier things (laughs) (laughs) in a recent tweet, Netflix announced that a Bioshock movie is in the works. Oh, yeah. They say that they've been working on uh, a deal for screen rights for close to a year now. But no, this is notable. No writer or filmmaker is currently attached to the project. Talk about calling your shot way ahead of time. Right. I mean, even if they start production now, we're talking years before we would see anything. 
And this brings to mind the fact that, you know, back in 2008, we were supposed to get a Bioshock movie that Gore Verbinski was going to direct. You guys remember that? I think a little bit, yeah. I wouldn't have heard anything on it. I don't know. I, I think that a Bioshock movie, especially one that Netflix is throwing its money behind, is pretty exciting, to be honest. Yeah. Because I think that that whole universe and the Ayn Rand philosophy that kind of bakes the ideology of the game, like I really want to see that brought to the big screen and, and how they do the world and the characters. I mean, there's a lot of room here for a very interesting film. I mean, I, I just think it would work really well moving it to a movie. I don't know what your guys' opinion. I mean, either, either you actually beaten the game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love, love Bioshock. Yeah, I just I feel like if they're if they're basing it around the first one, then it kind of takes away from the like the gut punch of would you kindly? <laughs> True, but I still think there are enough themes to explore. Especially again, obviously, video game is a completely different medium. But I think a tightly scripted, maybe even sort of a thriller horror type movie that then kind of really goes into these belief systems and explores them fully the way that the game does in its own way. Yeah. Or maybe show us the fall of rapture. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so many different angles they could approach this with the main character, like his ideology could align with the world, but then he goes there and sees what it's like. You know what I mean? Like there's, ah, man, I don't know. I really do hope they do well with this. Or they could just make the movie based on Andrew Ryan himself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'd watch that. But, biggest elephant in the room on it though is it's netflix and they don't exactly have a good track record of making movies on or remakes of movies or live action makes of movies well it's mixed right because i could point to castlevania the witcher you know, there, there are a few adaptations that they've done that I think that are really decent or at least to fans, you know, marginally good, especially from what we're used to getting. Obviously, especially when it comes to anime, not so much, but I don't know, like they've done enough stuff that I've either thought was OK to good to really great that I still think with the right creative team. And again, that's what we're going to be watching closely is, OK what writers and filmmakers do they attach to this project? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there's hope if Netflix just had a zero track record, like none of the stuff they were putting out video game or otherwise was good. That's one thing. I mean, Cuphead's dropping tomorrow and that looks to be pretty decent. We're going to yeah. check, probably talk about that next week. They made a cartoon of Cuphead. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're recording a day early this week. So we're speaking as of Thursday, obviously we're dropping this on Sunday. So all of, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably have already seen a bunch of Cuphead. But yeah, they're dropping Cuphead on the 18th, and that looks to be pretty interesting. So I'll be checking that out. Recently, what was it? League of Legends? Really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Arcane. Arcane. Ooh. Thank you. Yeah. Arcane is fucking amazing. Yeah. It's really amazing. good. I mean, there there are things that they've done and that they continue to do that are, are you know, pretty decent. And again, just because Netflix is behind doesn't mean it's it's guaranteed to be good. But at least they'll have the budget. They'll have the foundation to be able to be decent. It just depends on who they attach to the project. and Yeah, who's uh, end up making it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, years in the making, we'll probably see Grand Theft Auto 6 before it comes out. Actually, no, no, we won't. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> well, well, actually, that's the race. Bioshock movie or Grand Theft Auto 6? Listeners, you let us know what you think. 
because I'd be interested to hear that uh, comparison. All right. Xbox is working on new quick resume tech. The feature they want is to allow people to pin games to quick resume. So that way, if you're quick resuming a lot of games, one doesn't get bumped off the rotation. You can make sure that you know you're going to be coming back to a particular game. It'll stay in quick resume. I think it's cool that they're working on this. However, I don't know what your guys' experience has been. And Athos, you said you don't have an Xbox, right? No, but I was also just going to ask, wasn't this a main selling feature when they originally announced it? Is it not a thing already? No, quick resume is a thing, but you can't pin games to quick resume. Like, say you could pin like things to a menu. So it just naturally occurs. As you play games, the queue of quick resume fills up. And then if it hits maximum, the oldest quick resume game that you've played will get bumped off that queue. Pinning a game would prevent that from happening, Okay, if that makes sense. Now, what I will say about quick resume, and Derek, feel free to jump in if you have a similar or differing opinion, Mm -hmm. is that while it's great when it works, it's amazing when it works. And it's so much quicker and more reliable than, say, suspending a game in sleep mode versus, you know, like the PS5. And plus, you can do it with multiple games. Not every game works well with it. Sometimes a game just won't quick resume. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know if yeah. it's just a programming error or if the developer chooses to take advantage of it or the type of game that it is. It just sometimes doesn't work. I've had games where I've had the Xbox shut off and no power going to it for like a week and I turn it back on and boom, quick resume. Yeah, that happened to that happened to me the other day. I was like, God damn, this game, I haven't played Bruh. this in a week. Bruh. <laughs> in the same spot. And then I'll have a game where I'll shut it off and go to play it like five minutes later and it just refuses to quick resume. And you learn very quickly which games do which. But even so, because I know that that can happen, even with games that reliably quick resume, I'll still save before I like shut the Xbox down because I don't trust it. However, that's not the only advantage of just being able to kind of pick up game up and not have to worry about saving. The main advantage is it boots up so quick. Like Mm -hmm. the quick resume really does just throw you right back in that game without splash screens, loading screens, loading the game, loading a save, any of that. You're just in there. It is really nice when it works. I'll I'll say that. So sounds like a pretty good feature. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how their improvements go. And if by adding the pin feature, they also kind of streamline more compatibility with quick resume, we'll say uh, with the library available on the Xbox. Speaking of libraries being available, oh boy, here's the big the, the big news. So uh, Nintendo made an announcement by late March 2023, Wii U and Nintendo 3DS owners will no longer have access to the Nintendo eShop. <gasps> Those monsters. Those mm. monsters. Closing the eShop on these consoles, <laughs> people say could make some games impossible to find. You don't say. Mm -hmm. Nintendo announced the news yesterday. Or not yesterday. Uh, They announced the news. When was this? Tuesday? It was this week. They announced it this week in a blog post. And they basically said, uh, you know, this is a natural life cycle for any product line. It gets less used by consumers. You close it down. And again, I, I mentioned this while we were going over our notes for the episode today. The word of the day here is preservation. Game preservation. Mm -hmm. That's the persistent issue. Tech becomes obsolete. Some games are just lost forever. And people are like, okay, but what are we doing to preserve these games? There are currently 
1,799 games available to be bought on the eShop for 3DS and Wii U. And reports estimate that up to 1,000 digital-only games will vanish completely when this change goes into effect. I don't know. I mean, what what are your guys' thoughts? I mean, all the preservationists in me, I'm like, damn, that sucks. The reseller in me is like, ha ha. (laughs) 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 Ha ha. Ball. Yeah, for the physical games that you have, you're like, well, yeah. I guess those prices just shot up. Yeah, I just sold uh, Professor Layton and the Last Spectre, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's a hard one to come by. And now I'm like, I'm I don't know if that was on the eShop or not, but now I'm like, damn, maybe I should maybe I should cancel that order. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just kidding though, but uh, yeah, it's crazy. Like we just had this last year with Sony trying to shut down the PSP, PS3, and Vita. And they got so much backlash. I feel like the Wii U, people aren't going to care as much. Because, I mean, nobody really had a Wii U. Nobody was really... It, don't they have most of the Wii U games already ported over to Switch? That's exactly. the important ones. Yeah, the heavy hitters. I'm not big on which digital-only games came only to the Wii U. Considering that there's a thousand across the Wii U and the 3DS, there still might be a substantial number of games that didn't get ported yet and may never get ported. I mean, who knows? Oh, True. there's going to be some for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you can't expect the companies to hold up these digital storefronts forever. This is like, especially with Sony last year, this is like the first time that we're dealing with the fallout of our people still using this enough for us to hold up the infrastructure. Yeah. Because digital games, you know, they just started with the Xbox 360 and PS3 era. And those systems are just now getting to be like, what, 15 years old or something like that. Yeah, I I guess from a preservation standpoint, though, this is a thing that kind of bothers me. During this whole kind of announcement, Nintendo appears to have deleted part of its FAQ that addresses concerns over the loss of classic games. And then when pressed on it, they point out, well, you got the NSO. Yeah, yeah, but you don't put you don't put everything up there. And when you do, you drip feed it. You know what I mean? There, yeah. there was recently a statement that was issued by the Video Game History Foundation. And I found this statement to be of note. So I'm actually going to read it in its entirety. But bear with me because I think this is very relevant to this discussion. While it is unfortunate that people won't be able to purchase digital 3DS or Wii U games anymore, we understand the business reality that went into this decision. What we don't understand is what path Nintendo expects its fans to take should they wish to play these games in the future. As a paying member of the Entertainment Software Association, Nintendo actively funds lobbying that prevents even libraries from being able to provide legal access to these games. Not providing commercial access is understandable, but preventing institutional work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to video game history. We encourage ESA members like Nintendo to rethink their position on the issue and work with existing institutions to find a solution. I completely agree. They're they're more than any other company I can think of off the top of my head. Nintendo is extremely protective of its IPs, mm-hmm. but there has to be some sort of Smithsonian level archive. I mean, this is art that hundreds of thousands of people have worked on. You know what I mean? And it's just being lost forever because whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? And I mean, it means a lot to a lot of people. That's my thing. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. Uh, 
it's messed up. There does need to be some sort of like museum or something dedicated to the preservation of games when stuff like this happens. At the end of the day, I don't necessarily condone it because it's illegal, but you know, whatever, whatever. You can always mod your systems to play these games. Like they exist. You're just not going to be able to access them in a legal way. And if Nintendo wants to lose out on that money, then that's kind of on them. Yeah. And this brings to thought uh, about ROMs and emulation. I know, Aethidus, that you spoke on this too on your TikTok channel. Me personally, I am in favor of emulation and ROMs if you can't get them legally or if you can, but you already own a copy. So, for example, if I've already bought the game once from Nintendo and I can only play it on X system, but I want to play it on another system, I might consider a ROM. Whereas if the game, like if Horizon Forbidden West, if I could somehow download that illegally, I wouldn't. That sucks. I would buy it from you right. know, from PlayStation, right? If there are games out there that you're giving me no avenue to buy, like there's just no other way I can get them other than like downloading a ROM or, or you know, going online and finding it somewhere, then I don't really feel too guilty about it because you're not giving me any other way to like access that game and you're not losing any money because you're not selling it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. That's how I've always looked at it. If you're not letting your customers have any legal way to purchase your game, then don't bitch and complain when people go out of their way to download ROMs and emulate it. Yep. Cause it's the old argument of the whole piracy is destroying the old PC games and music. If you make it, so people are able to access and buy it they won't pirate it they'll go and buy it but if you're making it so hard they're of course they're going to go and emulate it because you're not making it easier for the customer that's kind of why people push back so much against nintendo because they'll go and shut down the old rom websites that's archiving old nintendo roms and it's for something you can't buy unless you go and buy it from a third-party seller that's charging a couple thousand dollars for it. No one's going to do that. Exactly. They need to make the access easy enough to where the average person can go out and buy it. Because like you said, they will. A lot of us will. I mean, some people are just, some pirates are just going to pirate no matter what. Yeah. And they weren't going to buy it either way. And I mean, take that how you will. But again, for the average person, if you make it easier for them to obtain it at a reasonable price, they're going to give you the money. You know what I mean? There are several games that I actually have the ROMs for that I purchased because they packaged it like in a special edition. They added some extra stuff. I can play it on a legitly on a particular system. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you money for that. You know what I mean? Of course I will. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. And it, I always have to laugh because always the companies are always saying, oh, but pirates are ruining everything. It's like, okay, if you take the actual group of gamers that are playing this game, the amount that are actually pirating is going to be less than 1%. And like yeah. you said, they were never going to buy your game to begin with. So you didn't lose money. <laughs> Companies like Sony and Nintendo, like they could literally print money by just releasing their back catalog. Like you could take you PlayStation could take all of their old PS1 classic games, like every single one, start selling them for like five dollars each, ten dollars, two dollars, depending on the game. And they would just, they would just sell. They would. Mm-hmm. There'd be people out there where they would love to build a retro, you know, collection with their back catalog. So that's it's up to them. They don't want to leave that money on the table. So, like, all right. And, and that's what always boggles my mind too. It's like you could have you have tons and tons of IPs that you could still be making money on, but you choose to do nothing with them. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I thought you guys liked money. Why aren't you doing this? This will make you money. Like, hello. Who knows? So uh, there are people out there, obviously. There are heroes. <laughs> they may not all wear capes, but they, uh, they're they downloading and ripping and doing what they can to get those ROMs out there. And we salute you. And the risk you take, because Nintendo, if they catch you, they will kill you. all right well moving on we have a listener question this week that i wanted to get to and it's kind of seasonal we had a valentine's day uh, recently this week and we had uh hopefully i'm saying this name right i apologize i got an email devayan m writes in and they said it's valentine's day i want to know what co-op games would you recommend for couples to play together so i already know what Derek's gonna say i can i can hear it can hear it mm-hmm. in his brain right now. Yeah. But uh Aethodist. Aethodist, you have any suggestions on what co-op games couples could play together? The one I can think of off the top of my head, Stardew Valley. Yeah, they did add a co-op mode, didn't they? Uh-huh. It is four player, but good. I mean you can do two player. Mm-hmm. And if you do play it on PC, mod support does work. Okay. Derek, what about you? What co-op games for sweeties? <laughs> for sweeties. For sweeties. Uh if it's someone if your spouse is someone who is not really into games what you want to get them into it i would say and you also hate them uh it takes two (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i feel like if they're not into games they'd be rough because it you do it takes a little bit of skill in order to play that game it does it does but it's i don't know i don't know i don't know how to explain i just feel like it's uh easier than say my other choice which would be uh gears of war (laughs) (laughs) for somebody who's really hardcore gamer like gears of war is some of the most fun co-op just we're just going through we're saving the world you Mm -hmm. know we're cogs baby that's right big muscly men's you know we're going through we're chainsawing people as long as as long as your spouse is not squeamish be a man or woman then uh, Gears of War is uh, definitely a dope. Now, if you want a true test of patience, you make them play Dark Souls or something like that. No. Uh, no. No, no, no. No, I should say that. <laughs> uh, I would say probably Resident Evil Revelations 2 would be a good one because that has co-op, but the second player doesn't have as much combat, more as like pointing and shining flashlights and things. There may be a little bit of melee, mm-hmm. but there's still some work together gameplay. And I think even a non-gamer could actually probably get through that. Okay. Obviously it's scary. So if you're not looking for a scary game, uh, lovers in a dangerous space time, that's a good co-op game. And yep. it's, uh, it's nice. And I was uh, actually going to recommend that one too. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Did you have any others that you haven't mentioned yet? No, I think Stardew was pretty much the big one. I have I have another one that uh, I forgot. Uh, the Puppeteer on PS3. Mm. First player controls the main character with the scissors, and the second player plays like the little fairy sprite. I forget what it is, like a fairy sprite or something, uh-huh. that they just move around the screen to help you navigate the game world. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Puppeteer. Me and okay. uh, Vicky used to play that back in the day, so right. we still need to beat it. <laughs> If you can get your hands on the Super Mario Land 3D Switch version, because it has Bowser's Fury. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good co-op game, Bowser's Fury. And then, of course, the Super Mario 3D Land is pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. And then um, what else? Ooh, they did re-release a digital version that's overpriced, in my opinion, unless they dropped the price. But I think when they launched it, it was 30 bucks. But the old PS2 game, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, you can get mm-hmm. that now on PlayStation and Xbox. And it's a really PC. good co-op. Uh, and they PC. did not lower the price. 
They didn't, still, ah, still 30 bucks. <laughs> that why why it's such a lazy ass port. Like I love the game and I bought it because I'm a mark for Baldur's Gate. But why? Yeah. I know when I saw the price tag, I was like, "What the hell are you guys Do you doing?" Even want to release Dark Alliance too? Because that's how you don't get to release Dark Alliance too. Who the hell is buying right. that for thirty bucks? Besides maniacs like me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Marvel. X Men Legends. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, any of those uh, superhero dungeon crawlers yeah. for sure. X-Men Legend series, Ultimate Alliance, good stuff. Good stuff for sure. Completely Champions agree. of Norath. Ch- yeah, yeah. Champion. That's one that needs to get re-released. Champions of Norath 1 and 2. I keep harassing mm. Sony to re-release it, please. <laughs> Sony, are you on Twitter just like Sony? <laughs> Every time they announce. <laughs> Introducing man. Aloy's Velis hair. Hey, champions. <laughs> now. <laughs> now. <laughs> Don't give a shit about Aloy. Actually, a lot of people do. I hear it's pretty good, yeah. actually. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you guys are planning it. on getting it. I'm I don't know if I'm gonna day one it because I got a lot of stuff going on, but uh it's um, sound reviews are coming I, I'm in. I'm gonna get it. I just need to finish Pokemon. I need to finish <laughs> Pokemon. I, I have the first game, I got the complete edition, haven't played uh-huh. it yet. Oh, it's, okay. So you got you gotta catch up. It's it's good, yeah. It's yeah. Good. I mean, oh, you know my backlog is impossible. <laughs> Hey, who are you telling? (laughs) That's something we can definitely relate to. All right. Well, hopefully, Devan, that gives you enough ideas. Those are our top co-op games to play with a loved one. Uh, I think at this point, then, we just got one one thing left to discuss. It's uh, it's been weighing on my mind all week. It's uh, deep thoughts with player two. Deep thoughts. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) <laughs> we've not agreed to that we've not agreed to the sultry reading of deep thoughts <laughs> this week we're choosing Bioshock as a game because we've got the Bioshock movie coming out and I want to do a quote directly from Andrew Ryan Andrew states in the game <clears throat> we all make choices but in the end our choices make us that's deep some deep thoughts right is there. a man entitled to the sweat of his brow is the man wow. not entitled to the sweat of his brow maybe? is he not entitled i don't know i don't know, I don't know. but uh, do, do the people own the means yeah. of production andrew ryan shut up mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyways what do you think about that we all make choices but in the end our choices make us i mean it's yeah it's just the classic actions speak louder than the words the people are going to look at you for the choices you make hmm. and not the things you say basically and your choices are through your life are essentially going to turn you into the person that you become. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Aethidus, how's it speaking to you? Ditto. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I would It'd have to agree. I think <laughs> it is. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> you could unpack it a little by saying that, you know, since we all do make choices, our choices make us, that he's saying that the choices that you make kind of mold and define you in the aftermath of their effects. Sometimes we make choices we don't have hindsight. You know, we, we do the best with the information that we have at the time, but then upon reflection, upon the weight fully coming down from the choices that we made, we find out the type of person we are, right? You know, do we have the regret? Do we want to go back and make different choices? Do we live with the choices that we made? Are we proud? Are you playing Are you Pokemon ashamed? before you feed your kids? Like, because <laughs> that makes you a does that bad make me dad. a bad dad? <laughs> yes, yes, it does, Derek. Yes, it does. <laughs> well, thank goodness I haven't done that. Yeah. 
So um, the only thing I'm thinking about is I really hope that Netflix makes the choice to choose a good director and that yeah. will make a good movie. We will see. All right. I think that'll about do it for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break to give it up for Anchor, our sponsor. And when we get back, please stick around. We're going to let you know where you can find Aethodis. See you in a minute. And we're back. What a great ad that was. Now, for the folks listening at home, Aethodis, you got a TikTok channel. You got some other stuff going on. Where can the people find more of what you got going on? My main thing is my TikTok, my website, where I try and post extended reviews for any anything I write about, which is aethodis-reviews.com. The last thing I put on there was the Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning Fate Sworn <laughs> DLC, the DLC that we waited so many years for. Mm-hmm. And that was a ride. Fair enough. All right, well, we'll make sure that links for your TikTok and your reviews page are in the show notes. For So for those interested, please feel free to check that out. And Derek, we got gamers that listen to the show. Sometimes they mm. want to buy games, maybe goodies, possibly gamer goodies and more. Where can they locate your store at? They can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. Excellent. And don't forget, folks, we upload new episodes of our show every single Sunday at our hub at anchor.fm slash player two is under the pod. But our podcast is also available on a myriad of other platforms, including Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can find us on all the social medias. TikTok.com slash at player two is under the pod. Facebook.com slash player two is under the pod. YouTube.com slash player two is under the podcast. Subscribe. Follow, like, super like, comment, rate, review, share, anything that you do in this social media space to interact with our stuff helps us out. So if you like us, feel free to go ahead and interact with those things. If you really like us, we do have a Patreon dot com slash player two is under the pod shout out to our patron jordan we appreciate you this week and if you want to contact us either on our social media or otherwise we do have an email address you can use mcpaperstacks at gmail.com for listener questions guest suggestions feedback etc we love to hear from you and that ladies and gentlemen is our show. I like to give a very special thanks to our guest this week, Aethodus. Thank you for joining us this week, Aethodus. Yes, Thank you for letting me come on the show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we'll hope that uh, we can have you back soon. We've been joking lately, like we, we got so many TikTok guests, we're gonna have to do like a big TikTok extravaganza. So I will let you know when that goes <laughs> on sometime in the future. Oh, I would love to come back and yabble on about anything. That sounds great, man. I really, really appreciate it. All right, folks. Well, that is the show. Thank you for coming out and listening to us this week. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you next week. Peace.